members. We're updating our church directory information for HWC. So this will include if you want to be part of the instant messaging and emails. This is where we give out special uh, requests, emergency broadcast if we need to, and who knows in this day and time. Uh, prayer meeting times when services may be canceled due to weather, so it's a good thing to sign up and check your phone. Please see Cherie Wood to confirm the information we have is correct. If you will stand with me, it's time to worship the Lord. I trust you all had a great Thanksgiving. It was very sweet. Uh, I think I, you could feel the holiness really in the nation. When people gather together and they're grateful, you feel it. And it makes that day to me always feel like a Sunday, which to me is a holy day. And uh, you can feel it on Thanksgiving Day. And I'm glad that I can still feel that, that it means more to me than, you know, football or, or just gathering together. Okay, Psalm 86. This is part of our worship set this morning. Hear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Guard my life, for I am devoted to you. You are my God, Savior, servant, who trusts in you. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I call to you all day long. Bring joy to your servant, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. And our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions, and that's what we've gathered to do today, to worship him with our mind, our will, and our emotions. And let's connect to the Father and the Spirit today. Amen. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to call on your name. We thank you for the wonderful Thanksgiving that we all bowed our heads and was grateful for. And God, we continue to stay in that spirit of thankfulness and gratefulness even today and going into this holy season of celebrating the birth and the entrance of you into this world, Jesus. Oh, Lord, the Messiah. Lord, let the Jewish people dream the dreams as well as the Muslims. God, that you are the one true living God. Give those prodigals dreams that you are the one true living God that's willing and able to draw them back and wants them back. They are not throwaways. They're not damaged goods. But, God, you want them all in this harvest. And we pray it in the mighty name of Jesus. And as we worship God, all the saints said. Amen.
Come on, shout to him this morning. And no matter where you look today, only Jesus can satisfy. Somebody say, he only can satisfy. No matter who you search, no matter what you look for, Jesus. Jesus only. Jesus alone. He's the only one. He can bind up the broken in heart, set at liberty the bruise, open the prison of those that are bound. Somebody say, only him. Come on, love on him a few moments. Give him some praise. Oh, I searched the world And it couldn't fill me Man's empty praise And treasures that fade Are never enough Then you came along Nothing better than you. 
say God is good. Say somebody say it again, say he's good. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me So draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to thy precious is my firm foundation the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaken I've never been so glad that I put my faith in Jesus cause he's never let me down he's faithful generations so why would he fail now he won't he won't I've still got joy in chaos I've got peace that makes no sense so I won't be
This morning, come on, give him a shout of praise, worship him, yes, Lord. And a man, such a sweet, sweet presence. Wow, you may be seated. I thought and thought Wednesday night after service of the testimonies that we heard and. My goodness, they just stuck with me. You know, we talked about it for several days, Pastor and I did. And You know, you just never know. Everyone in here has a great story, great testimony. We all could write a book, and each book would be different, but it would help so many people. Our testimony is that book. So share it. Share it when you go out these doors. Don't keep it to yourself. Don't put that light under a bushel. Share that testimony of how good God has been. Amen. Amen. What a sweet, sweet presence. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to call on your name. We thank you for this part of worship. We continue in on it, Father. We give because you've given to us. And, Father God, we give because we love you. Simply put, we love you. Thank you for all you do in Jesus' name. Amen.
Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. Amen. I want us to stand together again this morning. Give it a little bit more exercise. I know you need it after eating all that turkey. Some of you are real stuffed. I said some of you are real stuffed. Maybe I meant to say stuffy. <laughs> By the way, uh, Deborah fixes the best stuffing. And uh, her nephew said she makes the best tea. The best tea. And she does. It's the bomb. Amen. Maybe we ought to bottle it and label it. Deborah's brewed sweet tea with lemon, with a B, with a B. Be the tea. Be the tea. <laughs> Glory to God. By the way, I've been aiming to do this for several Sundays. There's a Bible like this floating around, except it's about three shades lighter. You see me preach with it. And if anyone happened to pick that up and take it home with you, it's the Passion Translation. Uh, you know, please check and see. I know sometimes we do things by mistake. I've been missing it about six weeks now. I've been aiming to say something. Brother Dalton came in the other day and had me a brand new one. And, uh, but I had already written notes in the other one. And I'm like, I know they haven't been reading their Bible. Uh-huh. Yeah, now, see, don't get embarrassed. Just let it show up. You don't even have to tell me who you are. Just come lay it right there. Anywhere, you know, at my front door or whatever. And uh, like I say, it's camel color. It's passion translation. And so uh, I had some good stuff written in that thing. Amen. <laughs> All right, let's turn to Luke chapter number 2. Luke chapter number 2. Let's see, you did announce the children's program coming up here. Did she announce that? Yes, you did, didn't you? Okay, Luke chapter number 2, and I hadn't intended on doing this this morning, but it's just it's what the Spirit of the Lord is leading me to do, and uh, we're gonna, it's going to be the Christmas. Somebody say Christmas, Christmas. Can't talk enough about Christmas. And, uh, and so Luke chapter number 2, verses 10 and 11, let's turn there this morning. And I know people keep asking me about Perry, and... Uh, uh, still waiting. I mean, a, you have to understand he's a very, very busy person. He's got a lot going on. He had to cancel all of his Israel stuff and give money back to the people. It, it bought tickets and, and uh, take care of a lot of other arrangements. We weren't the only church that he was going to, by the way, so a lot of things got shifted. And so we'll let you know as soon as that comes, comes up. Luke chapter number 2. Luke chapter number 2. We're going to talk about born this way. Somebody say born this way. Born this way, Luke chapter number 2. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. Fear not. That's a good word for now. Fear not. Fear not. Man, look at your neighbor say, Fear not. You don't have to fear. Nothing is going on right now. It's a great time to be alive. God has you alive right now for this hour, has anointed you for this time. Amen. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Aren't you glad it's all inclusive? All inclusive. Even Hezbollah and Hamas are included. ISIS, any of those, anyone who will turn to Jesus. Any Muslim, any Hindu, any person that turns to Jesus. 
good tidings of great joy. And I love this. This is probably one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, and I have, I have so many favorite ones. But um, this great joy is important. We should be people of great joy. Amen. Knowing who we are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Which shall be to all people, verse 11, for unto you, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Amen. I love that. For unto you, everybody say he's talking about me. I'm even talking about the me's that aren't here. I'm talking about the many out there that have never confessed Christ. He's talking to. This is God. This is so powerful. In the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. I think about David rushing that hill and those Jebusites that were inhabiting uh, the place Jabus back then. And uh, they said, you know, the blind and the hall to keep you out of here. And so David took Jabus, called it Jerusalem. The city of David, which is called today. Everybody say the city of David. If we say the city of David, you know instantly what we're talking about. Everybody say Jerusalem. And what are we supposed to pray for the peace of? Jerusalem. So, Father, right now, we lift up before you the nation of Israel, and we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We ask, Father God, Lord, that your hand would just cover that nation. We thank you, Lord, for your angels that are there to help. Father, we thank you that you are their strength and their might. You are the, their protector. And we pray, God, that you'll take everything that, Lord, Hamas has done, Hezbollah, Lord, every enemy, the pit that they have dug, let them fall into it. We pray that you will set free every hostage. You don't have to have any kind of a negotiation. Lord, you can put the, you can put those Hamas people to sleep. You can cause them to be blind. And your people can walk out being led by an angel. Father, you are God Almighty. You've done it before, and we pray, Lord, whatever seems good to you, thy kingdom come, thy will be done for the nation of Israel. I believe that you're getting ready to work something supernatural there. Oh, Lord, we pray today over this service, ask you to touch our minds and our hearts. Father God, save, heal, and deliver Jesus as only you can. Be magnified in the midst of us. We give you praise for your holy word. We say we desperately need you, Holy Spirit, your gifts. And everybody said amen. amen. You may be seated this morning. Because I had every intention of coming out and we were going to talk about coveting the presence of God. And the Lord changed things up. Amen. But let's listen to this wording. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you, he's talking about identification here. Identification. Identification. Who are you? Hmm? Who are you? Who are you? Let this sink a little bit. Let this sink deep down in your heart. Really let this sink deep down in you. I, you know, it's just like uh, Lady Gaga. I was born this way. Yes, you were. You are born in sin. Unto you. Identification. Who are you? Who some do not know who they are. Some people are so abused and misused and crushed and messed up 
and, and full of sin and blind. They have no idea who they are. See, the Bible describes it like this. You are a people who were not but are now the people of God. He brought you out of darkness and translated you into the kingdom of his dear son, out of the darkness into the light, his marvelous light. What a powerful thing. What a powerful thing. Unto you, unto you. It's like Adam in the garden. Where are you hiding? Where are you hiding out today? If you've never came to Christ, where are you hiding at? What is it that's keeping you from coming to him? If you are a child of God, you know, what is it that's keeping you hiding instead of stepping out into what God has called you to? Listen. Unto you, unto you is born this day a Savior. Everybody say a Savior which is Christ the Lord. And so we know this word Christ means anointed one with his anointing. So Christ is anointed to fulfill all of the office of Messiah, all the necessary things, every touch, every bit of oil, every bit of anointing, all the power, everything that he needs. He is the Christ. Somebody say he's the Christ. To fulfill the office of Messiah. Now listen, in liberating captives, in liberating captives. If you were to go all the way back to Genesis, it's all about liberation. Amen. These people screaming in the streets have no idea what they're talking about. Listen, you can't be free except in Jesus. He's the Messiah. In liberation, setting captives free, destroying the yoke of bondage, the yokes of bondage. Unto you is born a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This day, everybody say, today is born this day. Is born this day. See, the significance of Luke penning this verse is so revelatory and powerful when you look at it because it shows Jesus as Redeemer. It shows him as Savior. It shows him as the Deliverer. Unto you is born this day. Everybody say, Jesus was born. Born this day. Every person is born. You didn't get here any other way. I don't think you're a robot. Have you checked the square? I am not a robot. Just check it. I don't even know why they do that. It's so dumb. The word is tiptoe. Everyone is born tiptoe, and what it is, it means you are produced from a seed. That's where you came from, a seed. Everybody say, I'm a seed. It is a picture of being born in travail. He was, unto you is born. Jesus came through travail. It took thousands of years of travail in prayer. I mean, dear God, man, you go all the way back to Genesis and you follow that through those 42 generations to where Jesus shows up in the Gospels and you see how, how God dodged every bullet of the enemy. How that God Almighty took what the enemy meant for destruction and turned it to good, had the enemy working for him just so that Jesus could come. Be born. Everybody say to be born. Now listen. He was born, it means to be brought forth of a woman. And what does Galatians tell us? That Jesus was brought forth of the seed of a woman made under the law. Brought forth of that seed of a woman. It was important for him to be born flesh and blood. Amen? So 
when we think about you being born this morning, you, you are here because you were a seed. Now get this. So born means to be encoded in your DNA. Encoded in your DNA. When you were born, God chose that seed. When you came into this world as a seed, he encoded in your DNA whether you were male or female. The color of your hair would be your eyes, your height, your demeanor, everything about you. He encoded it in your DNA. Hmm? He also encoded within you that you were born with an assignment. You are born to do a specific thing. Solve a problem. Shake a nation. Shake a city. Preach revival. Be in the ministry of helps. Just love on people. Amen. Go to the hospital. Go to the prison. See, you were born with an assignment. Baking cakes. <laughs> Bible cakes. <laughs> I had a piece of that the other day. See, had to, it's so big, I froze it. But you were born with an assignment. I want you to get this. The world right now is in so much turmoil because people have never connected to the fact that they were born for a purpose. People that are demonstrating in streets and screaming stuff that they have no, no idea what they're screaming don't know their purpose in life. Come on. So listen to me. You were born this way. You were born with this encoded in you. Now, I know Lady Gaga, she likes to take it and turn it the other way. I was born the mess that I am, but you know she's 100% right. She was born that way. Because encoded in sin is all kinds of messed up stuff. See, it doesn't matter this morning. And listen to me, it doesn't matter what side of the tracks that you were born on. Whether you were born in abject poverty, whether you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth or no spoon at all. Whether or not you were born with everything or whether you were born with absolutely nothing. There's one thing for sure, whether you're rich or whether you're poor or you're one of the have, haves or one of the have-nots. One thing that we all have in common is the fact that we were all born in sin. Listen to this, Psalm 51, verse 5. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity and in sin my mother did conceive me. Oh, I'm going somewhere. Huh? Romans 3 and 23, for all have sinned. I've not sinned. Yes, you have. You were born a sinner. You were born that way. Mm. Somebody said, I think I'll go listen to that song. I wouldn't advocate that. Born this way. I was born this way. That's why that verse in Luke is so powerful. Hang on. I was shaping in iniquity and in sin my mother did conceive me. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God or God's intended purpose, one translation says. The word here is, it means, is aeon and it means depravity. So that means that I have an innate corrupt human nature on the inside of me. Mm. Due to the original sin that was passed down, passed through Adam, came through the bloodline. And when I was born, even as cute and beautiful as I was as a little baby, 
My daddy said, my God, he's got a big head. That's the first thing my mother told me. I said, thank you very much. <laughs> That's why I've tried to squeeze it down. <laughs> I said, Daddy, come on. You could have said, what a handsome boy. <laughs> He's got a big head. <laughs> I was born in sin. I was born guilty. I was born perverse. I was born under the penalty of sin. I was born guilty before God. That's something. Mm. So people say, I was born this way, and I want to say, yes, exactly. You were born that way. That's the reason that I tell people, man, it is important for you that as soon as you can repent and get under the blood of Jesus, be born again, the better off that you're going to be in life. Yes, praise God, because you can cut that lineage off. Mm -hmm. So man's biggest problem is that he was born with a fallen nature. He was born in sin. He was shapen in iniquity. Romans 8, 6 and 23. Listen to this. The thing about being born in sin is that it pays wages. For the wages of sin is death. You were born a sinner and you were separated from God and you were already dead spiritually. When you're dead spiritually and you are apart from God, sin is going to come alive in your life. In this hour in which we're living, sin is coming alive in, 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 in children's lives at a lot younger age than even when we experienced it. And some of us in here this morning, we experience sin in a horrendous way because it can come with many faces. It can lie. It can cheat. It can steal. It can get the cookies out of the cookie jar, have crumbs on his face and say, I never took it. Amen. It can take the car out, tear the entire side off of it, bring it back home and say, I don't know how it happened. Come on. It's like you girls to get in your mama's makeup and you mess it all up and mama comes in and says, who's been in my makeup? Thank God it wasn't Junior. <laughs> Amen. Shake that tree again. Listen. Guilty. That's what sin does. But it also molests. It rapes. It murders. It destroys. Everything that it touches, it perverts. That's what sin does. It wants to mar Everything beautiful that God created, you and I. Amen? Now listen. For the wages of sin is death. The word death comes from thantos. And it means a soul being separated from God Almighty. And then when your life ends being separated from God, you end up in destruction. And so listen to this discourse now that Jesus gives in John chapter number 3. Starting with verse 5, Jesus answered, Verily I say unto you, except a man be born again, born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. So my word for Lady Gaga this morning, you were born that way, but you don't have to stay that way. You can be born again. <laughs> yes, come on, somebody. Oh, yeah. See, man's biggest problem is that he was born in sin, shaping in iniquity. In sin. Somebody say sin. See, what sin, sin is such a deceitful thing. Now listen, listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 3, verse 14. And as Moses was lifted up 
as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Whoa. Verse number 16, but we love this one, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave, his only begotten Son, that whosoever, whosoever, the poor, the rich, the fat, the thin, the beautiful, the ugly, the haves, the have-nots, come on, the abused and the misused. See, it doesn't matter who you are this morning, whether you were born in a palatial palace or whether you were uh, born in abject poverty. This is for us. Somebody say, it's for me. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Adam had everlasting life until he ate the fruit of the tree. So through his bloodline, we have sin. Adam had everlasting life. I said, Adam had everlasting life. Adam would have lived forever. Adam would have lived forever. Adam would have lived forever. But he sinned. His life was cut short. Hmm? For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. See, this is the wonderful thing about it. God doesn't care what kind of mess you are. He knows what your potential in mess is, and it can be real deep and bad. But he also knows that he's got something that can take you out of that miry mess and change everything in just a few seconds. Now listen, yeah, that's a good place to praise him. Oh, hang on. He that believeth in him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world, and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds be reproved. But he that doeth truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. See, just because I was born, I was already condemned. Condemned to hell, condemned to die. I was condemned. Guilty. Somebody say guilty. So every person is a seed. You were born. The other thing that you were born with is a measure of faith. I met a man the other day that was telling me, he said, I just don't know whether I can believe or not. I'm like, oh, yeah, you can. Oh, yes, you can. You know why? Because my God created you encoded in your DNA with a measure of faith. Everybody's walking around with a measure of faith, but obeying it is quite another. You think about this. Today there are songs written, sang, rants, marches about being born this way. Born this way. Hmm. 
And whether they realize it or not, I want you to get this, it is a cry of their heart. When they say, I was born this way, I was born messed up. It's a heart cry when they say things like that. They're really crying out, I can't help myself. I cannot stop doing what I am doing. I can't quit the drugs. I can't quit the alcohol. I can't get off of this merry-go-round that I'm on in life. I can't break this cycle of defeat that I'm in right now. You see, it's a cry for help without realizing it and they're innate within their own selves that it is sin's power to hold them in bondage. Whoa. Mm-hmm. You don't know why a person remains homosexual, lesbian? You want to know why a person remains an alcoholic or a drug addict? You want to know why? That's the reason. It's the bondage of sin. It's the chains of sin. It's the blindness of sin. Because that sin has a hold of your life. Now, you're sitting here this morning, you're in the house of God, and you may be born again, but I can tell you this. I know enough about God, and I know enough about salvation that you had to come under the conviction of the Holy Spirit that began to deal with your heart and show you that we're lost before you came to Jesus because no man can come to the Father except the Holy Spirit draws him. Amen. That's it. You can't come to Jesus unless the Holy Spirit begins to deal with you. And when he began to deal with you, all hell broke out in your soul because there was a wrestling match that started on the inside of you. Man, you can't, you can't make that decision to serve Jesus. You, you have to give up. You have to give up the alcohol. You have to quit hanging around with these people. You'll have to quit the dough. You'll have to quit partying. You'll have to quit all this stuff that you love. See, but sin has us so blinded. The pleasure of sin is for a season. It is pleasurable to live in sin. We do have a good time in sin. The Bible tells you that you do. But what the enemy doesn't want you to think about is that sin pays wages. And at the end of the week, when it's all said and done, and when the trumpet sounds and things come to an end, it's that you're going to have to pay the price unless somebody paid a price for you. Hmm. Hold on. And I love this. All this is produced from a seed. Adam, the human race. Now listen to this. The Apostle Peter is a good guy to, to pick out a scripture because we can relate to him. Peter, before his conversion or being born again, was confronted of sin only, only when he came face to face with Jesus. Oh, sinners can talk about Jesus. Sinners can quote Scripture. They can tell you he's coming soon. They said there's going to be a rapture. There's going to be a judgment seat that we all stand before God. Sinners can tell you that. I've heard it. I probably said it myself. Listen. But until you come face to face with Jesus, you're not going to meet truth that can convict you. Listen. In Luke chapter number 5, verse number 8, and I love this story because it reveals what happens when darkness meets light. Here's Peter. He's been fishing all night long. They've told all night long, and, and he, they throw their ships to the shore, and they fold their nets, and have cleaned them, and they have gotten out, and then Jesus walks up and says, can I borrow your boat? He takes the boat out a little way, and he begins to teach the people, and when he gets through teaching, he looks at Peter and says, Peter, he said, I want you to cast out, I want you to go out into the deep 
and I want you to launch your net out for a great catch of fish. And so here Peter is, in all of his wisdom, he begins to think it's racing through his head. He said, look, I'm a professional. I do this all the time. I make my living by it. And Jesus, I want you to know you're wrong. That's really what he wanted to say. He said, Lord, we have toiled all night long. So he's coming in at a different angle because he's trying to appeal to pity and mercy. Lord, I'm tired. I'm wore out. I've been doing this all night long. And I know, my God, there's nothing in here. And he's sitting here talking to the guy that made the sea that he was fishing in, made the wood that they built the boat out of, that put the fish in the water to begin with so that he could make a living. He's talking to the one that created it and made it all. And he looks at him and he says something that just popped into his head, and I believe it was a divine thought. Nevertheless, Lord, at your word. See, that's what happens when you begin happens when you begin to preach the gospel and there's sinners that sit in the congregation or people that are backsliders. If they ever get a rhema of word to come alive on the inside of them to point them toward God, they will run out of the darkness to the light. They will run out of that mess toward the message. So listen to this. So he goes out and he casts that net. And when he cast the net, the Bible said that there was such a great catch. We know the story, don't we? that the nets began to break. He calls for his friends. But that's not the part that I want you to see today. <laughs> now listen to this. My God, this is so powerful. See, when you come in contact with Jesus, your life gets amplified. Somebody say, turn it on 10. Turn it on 10. Turn it on 10. Now listen to this. So here he is. Now, listen, he's already been introduced to Jesus. He knows who Jesus is. He thinks he does. It's like us. You know why people half-heartedly serve God, haphazardly serve God? Because they've never had an encounter with God. Now Peter's had an encounter. What's his first reaction? He falls down at Jesus' feet, and he says these words, Depart from me, O Lord, for I am... A sinful man. I was shaping in iniquity and in sin my mother did conceive me. Peter became broken at the moment and he understood and realized. He said, he said, man, I thought I knew something, but I have just met the Messiah, the deliverer. Depart from me. I am a sinner. I am stained. I am guilty. And I need to be freed from who I am so that I can meet the I am. Oh, listen to this. And so like Paul in Romans chapter 7, verse 24 and 25, describing the sinful state that he was in before he was born again. Life-changing. He said, who shall deliver me from this body of death? God, who's going to set me? Who is going to set me free from my addiction? Who's going to set me free from being an abuser, from being a blasphemer? Who is going to set me free from this messed up life that I have? 
because it's right. You were born that way. You're just like your daddy. You're like your grandpa. You're like your grandmother. You've got a lot of different things going on because of what sin brought into your life. But I'm going to tell you this this morning. You might have been born that way, but there's a born-again experience that Jesus gives to you that changes everything. See, that's why we got to be born again. Hmm. Oh, hold on, hold on. So you were born this way, but you don't have to stay that way. You're born this way, but you don't have to stay that way because Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way. See, this is why he, the way maker, promise keeper, made a way. Light in the darkness made a way where there was no way for you and me. So you can't do it, but you can receive it. Mm-hmm. Say, I can't save myself. So Jesus is saying to them, he said, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You've got to be born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Now you think about this. Let's back up to the beginning of this thing because the angels came and they announced to the shepherds, get this, they didn't go to the palace where the king was. They didn't go to the important dignitaries and the priests that were in the temple. They didn't go to the rich neighborhood. They went to common people, the shepherds. That's where they went. And listen to this. He went to those shepherds, that angel did, and they said to them, to this day there is born unto you a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. You're going to find him in the city of David. See, that rang true with them because they understood that is where Messiah is coming from. That's where he's going to be born. That is him right there. And think about this. So they're telling these shepherds because they could relate to this. What was it saying to them? One is being born who is the destroyer of every yoke of sin and bondage. He's help for the helpless. He is hope for the hopeless. He is peace for the perplexed. He is clarity for the confused. He is deliverer of those that are in, under the law of death. He is a healer to the brokenness of humanity. Come on, somebody. He is the key that unlocks every door. Doesn't matter what you've been locked up in or what you're locked behind. He is direction to the deceived. See, the gospel is good news this morning because it tells you you might have been born that way, but I've got one that says you've got to be born again. You can get out of it. The good news about being born again is this. When I was born as a tiny baby, I had my whole life in front of me. But sin was dictating what every footstep was going to be until the day that Jesus confronted me through the Holy Spirit and brought conviction upon my sinful life and told me I needed to be born again. Hmm? And when I got born again, all the life that I lived prior to that, all the sin that had accumulated, all the guilt, the shame, the penalty of sin up to that time, because if I had died, I would have went to hell. But when I got born again, you know the great thing about it is that I was like a brand new baby again. I got a, had a whole life in front of me. And I can tell you out of all these years of serving Jesus and growing up in him and walking with him, there is nothing like being born again. See, that's why it was so hard for Nicodemus, the great teacher, to wrap his mind around this rabbi when he looked at Jesus, a man that knew the Scripture. He said, how can a man enter the second time into his mother's womb? He said, you being a teacher in Israel, you don't even know this stuff? He said, that which is born of flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So you've got to be born again. 
So you got to be born. I don't even have to understand all the religionomics of it. I don't even have to try to process it through my mind. All I have to do is believe it with that measure of faith that God gave to me. Somebody said, well, I don't know whether it's working or not. I don't know whether it's working. Listen, God does not give you something that doesn't work. It's when you come to the altar and you're standing there and you understand, man, i got to be born again. i got to be saved. All I know is that I'm a sinner. All I know is that I, 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 I'm lost without God. I don't even understand all of this stuff. All you have to do is answer the call of the tug of the Spirit of God that draws you to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Listen. The angel announced him as the Savior, Soter, the Savior, the Deliverer. See, you were born in bondage. You were born in the prison of sin. You were born under that crushing load of guilt. But when Jesus comes, he frees you of that. Man, I'll never forget that feeling. Any of you, how many knows what I'm talking about? When you come to Jesus, when you came to Jesus, when you, when you had that Jesus moment, when you came and you repented of your sin, you felt that, that weight roll off of you, that darkness go from your life. You felt that experience in your heart with God. Amen. You, the guilt's gone. The shame is gone. I'm part of something now. I'm part. I've been born again. I'm born into a family. See, that's why it doesn't matter who your daddy is or who your mama is. Because there's a lot of kids that don't know who the mama is or who the daddy is. It doesn't matter if you know them, and they're so messed up and twisted that to this day, you know, you don't know where they're at. And if you were to go to where they are, some of you know them, they're so messed up that you look at them and it grieves you that they're in such a condition. And you want them to come to Christ. See, the thing about it, it doesn't matter where you came from, what matters is where you're going. I said, what matters is where you're going. How do I get to heaven? I'm born again. I become born again. Somebody say born again, born again. See, the good news of the gospel of Jesus is life. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things are become new, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Think about this. When you're born again, you don't have any past. I said, when you're born again, you don't have any past. Oh, come on. I don't care if you, listen, you may have raped somebody. You may have molested somebody. You may have, you may have uh, done all kinds of heinous things. You may have murdered somebody. When you come to Christ, you don't have a past. I said, you don't have a past. Man wants to tag a past on you. They'll never make it. They'll never rise above it. They're all, you watch and see what I'm telling you. They're going to be just like their daddy. No, no, no. If that be true, if I'm born again, I'm going to be like my daddy in heaven. I will not be like my earthly father. I will be like my father in heaven because I am born again. And see, the great thing about this, the word is genos, that when you come to Jesus and you become born again, not by a corruptible seed. Now get this, because you were born the first time with a corruptible seed. The second time, Peter tells us in First, in first Peter chapter 1, verse number 23, that we are bo- not born of a corruptible seed, but of an incorruptible seed when you are born again by the Word of God which lives and abides forever. So when that seed gets in you and it comes alive in your life, it produces every fruit that God has for your life. Hmm? Somebody say righteousness, peace, and joy. You see, when we look at the world in which we live, the evil, the darkness, the corruption, the good and the evil, you think about right now what people are doing, they're calling evil good and and good evil. 
Isaiah said that they would do that thousands of years ago. That's where we're at. Somebody say, yes, it is. Perilous times that have taken the foundations of what God intends for us to have and that would point this nation to righteousness. They've taken those foundational truths which are eternal and they have hidden them and removed them from society's eyes. People that stand in pulpits no longer want to preach truth. They want to agree with society. They said, we got to blend in. we got to help them. You know, Paul said, I've become all things to all people. No, that's not what he's talking about. i become all things to all men. This is the way I interpret that. What do you need that I need to become? Do you need some added faith? Do you need some stirring? Do you need some encouraging? Do you need to be provoked to jealousy in the things of God? Do you need to know Jesus more? See, I've got that kind of stuff, and what I want to say to you is this. I don't become a slothful sinner that's messed up all over again just so that I can, I don't have to go back to the booze. I don't have to go back to the drugs. I don't have to go back to the sex. I don't have to go back to any of those things. You know what I, what I do is I go as a deliverer. Somebody say, I go as a deliverer. I go as a deliverer, and I say, I've got the one that's greater in me than he that is in the world, and I can set you free by the power of the Christ that is in me. Huh? I can't, but he can. And so Jesus' ministry, I want you to listen to this. This is powerful. He opened more blind eyes and unstop more deaf ears than anything else. You know why? Because it was an outward manifestation of the problem that man has within. Man is blind and man is deaf when it comes to hearing God. That's what sinners are. They're messed up. Born that way. Somebody say born that way. Born again. You must be born again. You must be born again. Somebody say, born again. Born again. Hebrews 9 and 22 says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. See, it was the devil's hope and desire, and still is, for mankind to think he's unredeemable or to cause people to say, I'm not worthy. I mean, it's good to be humble, but understand what I'm saying. The devil is a liar. We were in that condition of sin because of the big lie the devil told. Jesus came to liberate us. He's the truth. Now listen to this. 1 John 3, verse 8. For this purpose was the Son of God made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Hebrews 2, 14 said that Jesus, everybody say Jesus, has destroyed him who has the power of death talking about spiritual death, the one who held the keys of death, the devil. Jesus has the keys. Amen? He has destroyed the devil's ability to hold you in spiritual death. Once you hear the truth and come to the truth, you get set free. Somebody say hallelujah to God. And this is the great thing about it. Now get this. You were born in sin. You were born a sinner. Your father gave you that gift through his bloodline. I'm talking about your earthly father, not your heavenly father. A tainted bloodline. It just keeps being passed on because of Adam, because of us as human beings that are not, that, that, are, that, are past, that have children. Listen, everybody has to be born again. Listen to this. But listen to what 
John says in John chapter 1, verses 12, verse number 12. To as many as received him, to them he gives the power to become sons of God. God, man, I know that was loud, wasn't it? Man, it just makes you want to get on top of this building and scream it to the people that are riding up and down. You can be a son of God. You can be a daughter of God. You don't have to be messed up, fouled up, down, guilty. You don't have to die in sin. You can be set free. See, this is the power of the gospel. Sin brings sickness and disease, lameness, blindness, deafness, dullness, perversion, all of these things. It's totally, absolutely mars what God intended for us to have. But to as many as receive Jesus, as many as receive Jesus, somebody say receives Jesus. See, that's the thing about it, man. Say, who's your daddy? (laughs) Who's your daddy? Uh Uh-huh. My father is in heaven. I was born that way. And you know what? I am born this way. Uh Uh-huh, now I'm going to turn it around. I was born that way, but when I met him, he gave me the power to be born again and become a son of God. And I want to say I'm born this way. I was born the son of a king. (laughs) Oh, I'm born into everything that heaven has for my life. Everything that God has intended for me belongs to me. The joy, the peace, the righteousness, and eternal life to boot. Can you imagine that? So this morning, think about yourself. Are you enjoying the full benefits of being born again? Or are you trying to appease the world? If I don't dress a certain way, if I don't, if I don't go a certain place, if I don't have this certain friend, if I don't, if I'm not a member of that, and if I don't go to this school, and if I don't partake of that, then I'm not going to be much, really. No. God takes the whosoever will, and I think that's all of us. Whosoever will, He takes the whosoever wills. Doesn't matter. And see, that's God will take you. Just as you are. Messed up in your condition. I've seen it too many times. That the moment that a person becomes born again, it puts them on the road. Of miracle change. Do you need a miracle change this morning? You can say, hey. I was born that way until I become born this way. Mm -hmm. Jesus is everything. I said Jesus is everything. He's everything. I want to stand together this morning. So how are you born? Have you been born again? Say yes, but I've messed up even since I've been born again. I've sinned. I have failed. Get up. Get up out of that grave. I said get up out of that grave. 
Say, Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. God, I should, Lord, forgive me for sin, my sin. Help me. Make me that overcomer, that more than a conqueror that you've chosen for me to be. And so this is what Christmas is all about right here. Being born again. Been born again. Those, those angels appeared to those shepherds and said, Behold, I bring you great tidings of great joy, which shall be unto all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. What's he telling you? He said, I don't care what kind of excess baggage you're going to drag up behind you, how much hurt you've been involved in, how down, it, how down you may be in life, how dark that it may be. And if the devil tells you that you don't, you don't even deserve to live for the next minute of your life, when you come to Jesus, somebody say, when I come to Jesus, when I come to him, you know what happens? Great joy breaks out on the inside of me. You know why? Because the chains fall off and the locks are broken and the darkness disappears and the enemy has to free from my life. And my father says, come here, son. Come here, daughter, and receives us into the kingdom. Nothing can stop it. Nothing can stop it. Only you can stop that and only you can receive it because as many as receive this, to them he will give the power to become a son or daughter of God. Now, if you've lost your identity somewhere down the road, because that's a big thing right now, pronouns. And believe me when I say this, I don't play that game, and I never will. It would be a sin for me to get into that, that game. I'm going to call it like it is and what God said that it was, and if they don't like it, too bad. And I can tell you this morning that God in heaven, God in heaven created you with a purpose and a plan. And he has great plans for you. Great plans. Great plans. Great, great, great plans. Good tidings of great joy. Unto you. Unto you. Every head bowed right now. This morning, if you need to be born again, you are at the right place at the right time. If you need to be born again, if you've never received Jesus as Lord, if you've never asked for forgiveness of your sins and made Christ the Lord of your life, today is your day. I'm asking you to step out from where you are, walk the aisle, meet me at this altar today. Meet me at this altar. If you want to be born again. See, listen, listen, it is so important because when we think that we can't do it, you're exactly right. When you become born again, it's his, it's his obligation and responsibility that begins a good work in you to perform it until the day of Christ. He will work in you. He will give you the strength. He will bring to you every necessary thing if you walk with him and trust him for it. Because he's your daddy. He's your God. If you want to be born again today, if you want to be born again Think about it. He loved you so much that he gave his son. He loved you that much. And you know what? When you can talk to anybody in the world and they do not understand, you can talk to God. He understands. He'll never reject you, never turn away from you, never turn a deaf ear. You can tell him every secret because he already knows it. If you need Christ, I want you to come. And maybe today, maybe you've drifted by the side. Maybe you've, you know, kind of standing on the sidelines. Jesus is calling you back. 
He's calling you back to Him. He's calling you closer to Him. He said, I've chosen you for far greater things. I've chosen you for a purpose. And He wants to bring that alive in your life. If you need that, I want you to come today. Father, right now, have your way today. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, have your way. We yield to you. We yield to you. You know, God's table is spread, spread with everything that we need, healing, deliverance, salvation, blessing, whatever that it might be, whatever we need, God has it. Whatever you need today, respond to Him. Respond to Him. Lord Jesus. Hey, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. obey the Holy Spirit. Sir, you weren't born for destruction. You were born for life. That's what God wants. He wants you to experience. Think about Jesus. He said, the thief has come before to kill, steal, and destroy. John 10 and 10. But I have come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. Man, I want that abundant life. I need it every day. Every day. He said abundant life above and beyond. If we're not experiencing that, he wants us to. Amen. Come and receive that.
Praise you, Lord. Is anybody else? You need prayer. Glory to you, Jesus. Jesus does not want you sick. He doesn't want you diseased. He doesn't want you malfunctioning. No part of your life, spirit, soul, and body. He wants you whole. Amen. Doesn't want you living in fear. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, today, may the Lord bless you, may he keep you, may he lift his countenance to you, be gracious to you, and may the Lord grant you peace in Jesus' name. Amen. You are dismissed. Have a blessed day. Praise God. Amen.